Welcome to the Purposely Driven Podcast. Each one of us has a part to play in this world. Our strengths and our gifts make our communities a little bit sweeter. Join me, LaToya Guillory, as I interview community leaders, entrepreneurs, stay-at-home moms, and more. Find out what drives them to get up in the morning and fulfill the purpose God has for them. Curtis Hollinger is the client empowerment personal injury lawyer who coaches injured victims in how to control their own car wreck cases so they too can have the opportunity to profit from their own car wreck settlement losses. Since coming to Lafayette in 1986, Hollinger has had the privilege of participating in numerous civic initiatives, primarily focused on raising the academic standards and performances of student-athletes. Although being a client empowerment lawyer in his own law firm, Hollinger identifies as an athlete in his heart, mind, and soul. His body only seldom shares this identity. He occasionally evokes his inner Yannick Noah to play and teach tennis. He also regularly rides his bikes both casually and in dedicated time trial settings. And once a quarter, you might find him walking a golf course, envisioning himself as Tiger Woods. Hollinger's core life activities include lots of reading, lots of writing, asking lots of questions, trying to think a lot, having stimulating conversations, listening to lots of jazz and Jay Dilla, and always ready to laugh real loud, all without trying to say a lot of words. He enjoys collaborating with designs to create artistic content, and he enjoys contemplating to the music of Noah Jameer. His primary role models are his mom and dad, followed by his tennis coaches, followed by Charles Hamilton Houston, followed by Socrates with many others in between, and ending with Thanos. His favorite word is clarity, and his favorite sentence is, get understanding. Collinger can often be sighted cycling somewhere in the city to a coffee house near you, with his computer in tow to perform work while sipping an Ethiopian pour over or honey latte as the day begins continues and ends. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of my Purposely Driven podcast. I am Latoya Guillory with Empowered with Purpose. Today, we are talking to Curtis Hollinger, APLC, otherwise known as Client Empowerment personal injury lawyer. How you doing today, Curtis? Latoya, do you just see the, the synergy that we have? You have empowered with purpose and I'm a client empowerment. Are you listening to me? I am listening to you. That's why I got you on here. <laughs> wow. I'm digging wow, it's right. Doing. I'm digging what you're doing. It's very important that you are empowering people with information and spotlighting people who you think are worth of being spotlighted and I'm grateful that you put me in that category. 
Well, we're grateful to have you. You are, uh, I've known you for a, a while now, maybe like 2010-ish or yeah. somewhere around that nature. We started off doing uh, 24 Hours Citizens Sports Festival. Mm -hmm. We had tennis, we had basketball, we had track and field, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. You know, raising money for students to take the ACT. So yeah. it was a great, great year um partnering with you um we had all kinds of things going on we had a community carnival going on we it was just empowerment and after empowerment and um i'm just grateful to be connecting with you um, i'm grateful to hear your story today um you've been around doing things for a long time um and it's it's just an honor to have you on here today that's it that's appreciate you no problem but first things first, what does a typical day look like for you? Typical, whoa, typical. <laughs> All right, so I left the world where I was working within a mm, corporate environment. And now I'm on my own for the last four or five years. So as you know, being an entrepreneur, self-employed, Typical days really don't exist. Correct. Typical days are whatever it takes is what typical day for, for an entrepreneur. So for me, though, I try to get up around four o'clock in the morning. You can't see it here, but I'm going to show it to you. I know your, your audience can't see it, but I typically, and I don't do it every day like I'm supposed to, but these are my books that I read at like two pages in the morning to kind of get my mind set on certain types of ideas. They feed me, feed my mind, feed my soul. And on Monday, Wednesday, Friday mornings, I exercise, but I can't now because my, my legs are jacked up. So that's another story. <laughs> on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I go to work around eight o'clock in the morning. I don't have an ending time because life always happens. People get into car wrecks 24-7. They don't, they don't stop at a certain time of the day. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. so if I get a phone call, if I get a response to my, on my email, to my website, I respond to it whenever it is. So it's like that. Absolutely. I love that you said that, that as an entrepreneur, a typical day is not typical. That's one of the reasons why I asked that question, because I want people to see that a typical day for an entrepreneur is never typical. Everybody does different things and lives their life, and but they're still able to live with a purpose, regardless of what their day looks like. Every day looks different for everybody, but they're still able to fulfill their purpose and live on purpose, regardless of what that day looks like. Yes, yes, I dig that. And to be a little bit more um, revealing about answering your question, my, my days sometimes are kind of typical because in the legal profession, certain cases have certain deadlines. Mm -hmm. So when I have, let's say, a deposition or a hearing or a trial or a meeting, then those meetings are more in line with the traditional workday. And, and, and I, get, I have to set aside those, those times to be working as a traditional lawyer. But when I don't have those traditional meetings set up, then life happens as it happens and it just happens. Absolutely. Yeah. So it takes discipline to be an entrepreneur. 
You have to, if, if you're going to be an entrepreneur, you got to be intentional about what you do because you're your own visionary. Repeat that word again. Intentional. No, before that. Um, disciplined. That word right there. See, I don't know what you, I don't know what it means to you to be disciplined, but nobody is over me. Like I, nobody, I don't have to answer to anyone, right? So people say you can just take off and, do, and go. Well, you can, but that won't make you successful. You right. have to have systems and you have to be basically a slave to your system. Right. And that's discipline. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I'm glad you used that word. Um, do you know Trev Falk? Yeah, yeah. I think we okay. did the, um, yes. Sports fest. Well, during, during Festival International, I interviewed him. And he's a basically a world-class high school football coach, very successful here in Lafayette and making progression up the ranks. But his key word is discipline. And, you know, he had a, he had a definition for it that I'm going to share with you at some point. But something like doing what you don't really want to do to get to where you really want to be. Mm, absolutely. You know? So, yeah, whatever you go, if you spread the gospel of discipline around the people, that's half the battle. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, because we're, we're our own visionaries. Like, nobody carries our vision the way we carry it. Right. If we want it to be executed. We got to be disciplined with it enough so that the vision can come to life. What about this? Like, in your, so that's great. What about having a team of people around you to help you also manifest that discipline or that vision. Is that important? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's important because it's important who you surround yourself with. Everybody can't go where you're going. Everybody doesn't understand. I saw a meme one time that said, um, stop asking blind people to uh, follow your vision or lead your vision or acknowledge your vision. They can't see. So it's important who you put I mean, I'm not trying to say it like that, but they can't see the vision like you see it. So it's yeah. important to put people that can hold you accountable to help you reach your goals, you know, that are going to help you grow you as you go through being what being an entrepreneur means. Yes. So it doesn't make sense to put somebody in your circle that's like, no, nah, you're not going to be successful. Like that's, that's, that's not like who does that? Right. somebody that's going to be there to champion you but also be there to be like look okay this is not what you said your vision was how are you how is this helping you yes i get it i get it i was at our tropical smoothie the other day just having a little smoothie and some food and a guy came in a friend of mine who's a military officer so he's in his fatigues or his he call it fatigues is that what it is it's mm -hmm. like camouflage yeah. Right, fatigue. Yeah. Okay, and um, he was saying that his life is a little bit hmm, boring. He's got two businesses, and he's also a husband raising two daughters, I believe, two businesses. But he was saying that he goes so much that he has no superman or superwoman to look up to. Okay, mm -hmm. and so and to hold him accountable, blah 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 blah. And he asked me, who is my superman or superwoman? And mm -hmm. I said, you know, I, I, I'm really a one-man operation. Uh, my law practice is mostly internet-based. 
So I have technology systems to do things for me. I don't need, you know, this is a long answer to your question, but technology is a double-edged sword. Mm-hmm. It allows for efficiencies and systems and it keeps you going, but you don't have to have people necessarily. Right. Use technology a lot so people can get eliminated from the equation with technology. Right. right. So I say, you know, I don't I don't have that, that type of environment in my world anymore, but I do read books of people who inspire me. So I, so yes. I told them that people for me, my superheroes are the people who whose lives I read about in books. Mm-hmm. So those so my teammates are people who I read about. Absolutely. But reading is so essential too is it you find it I, I i find that it is because you can learn a lot from somebody else's story yes. you know what yes. they've been through and then you also find champions people who are championing you without even really understanding that they're championing you you know what i mean yes I showing do. you how to run your business is somebody that's championing you they're helping you without them knowing who you are Yes, which is another reason why people who write books, authors, um, they're so important. You know, I know you're you're a Christian woman and the Bible is a record of history, right? That's what it Mm -hmm. is. And if you don't write things down, it's difficult to replicate it or to pass it on. And I know that your podcast is about inspiring African-Americans. Mm-hmm. And our tradition is oral, the oral tradition. Mm-hmm. You know, we, that's where we come from, is speaking it and passing it down orally. Right. But the, but the written record, written books, they're powerful. Right. So whoever you interview in the future, get some authors, because what they do is foreverly, forever recorded and can be relied upon and used and referenced forever. I'm actually working on a project for authors. I I can't speak on it yet. Can't speak on it yet, but I am working on some things for authors. Are you an author yourself? I I am an author myself. Yes, you are. I'm an author myself. Yes, my book is called Anchored in Christ, Anchored in Marriage. I have three Mm -hmm. journals and a study guide to go with that book. I have more books coming. That's gigantic. It's important. Yes. I appreciate the art of writing. At first, I didn't because I didn't want to write. <laughs> I mean, I did, like, not writing. I, I appreciated reading more than writing. Uh, but now that I've written, I appreciate the art of writing mm-hmm. and everything that goes into it. It's difficult um, or valuable or what both it's the best of both worlds you got to be disciplined yeah right I had to make time to write you know as a mom and wife and all the things (laughs) I had to make time um especially in social services when you're on other people's time right 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 so right. I, I definitely had to be disciplined to do it, but it was a great reward. I won't, I wouldn't change anything about it. I learned a lot from it. I'm still learning a lot from it and empowering other people to be writers is, is another one of my wheelhouses. And so there's a big project coming up. I'm not going to speak on it yet, 
<laughs> you already just twice you just spoke about it, so I know it's coming. Okay, it's coming. It's coming. So now we talked a little bit. You said you're a lawyer. You're client empowerment, personal injury lawyer. Let's talk about. Uh, let's talk about that. What, why client empowerment, personal injury lawyer? What does that mean to you? Yeah. All right. So. It means, let's start with the word empowerment, okay? Uh, empowerment means to me, uh, means to basically make someone stronger and more confident in controlling their life and in claiming their rights. Okay? I love that. That's how mm -hmm. I define empowerment, right? So the personal injury business normally ends up in lawyers getting settlements for those who are injured. Mm -hmm. okay. Well, a settlement by definition is a loss. Mm. Think about that. If you settle for something, yeah. basically you're not really getting what you deserve. You're agreeing to take less than what you're entitled to, right? Yeah. All right. So I have this video called I'm not sure I can use this word on the podcast, but if I can't, just blur, blur it out. It's called Settlements Suck. Okay. Okay? Is that okay. Right? Yeah, and you're fine. Okay, all right, all right, cool. <laughs> and the reason why is because mathematically, it's always a financial loss to the injured victim. And the primary reason why is because injured victims have no idea what's happening in the process. And they're mm -hmm. completely dependent upon lawyers to mm -hmm. produce and do the work. All right. So fast forward. We're now in the 21st century, right? I go on YouTube and I look up wound care. All right. And this is not, I don't, I don't advise people to go and actually rely upon YouTube for everything in the world. <laughs> but there's a lot of knowledge on the internet about everything in the world. Right that we didn't have 25 years ago. That's true. Okay. And so, as you know, the world is now being shaped by technology. Mm -hmm. And people now are able to do things for themselves that they couldn't do 25 years ago because they have access to knowledge. Yeah. All right. So the internet to me is the most empowering tool ever created by a human being. Okay. And certain industries have used the internet to empower uh, the end user to improve their situation. Mm -hmm. Investment, people have basically, I've got friends who are investment brokers, their businesses have gone down because now people have other tools to use themselves to invest in their own products. And cut the middleman out, or middleman out, which is, you know, it's a double-edged sword. Yeah. But when you know for yourself, you can do for yourself. Correct. Yeah. So, so one lady client of mine years ago when I was with the big firm basically showed me that if I could just create something where people who are hurt can follow certain steps, then they could retain more of their settlement money for themselves. It won't be a complete break even because it's always a loss, but you can keep more of your money for yourself. 
you can learn more of the law for yourself, which brings and brings more confidence in yourself. So all of that mm -hmm. to me is about empowerment. And that's the kind of lawyer that I want to be. I want to use my experience, use my knowledge, and then build a system to where people who want to can mm -hmm. follow my guidance and do more for themselves and get more out of their own property for themselves. And I just like doing that. I love that. I love So what you're offering them, essentially, from what I'm hearing, you're offering them wisdom. Oh, you're God. you're offering them wisdom and wisdom because mm -hmm. not not many people there, there's wisdom for all kinds of things right but not right. many people so i'm thinking you know i'm, I'm going biblical i'm thinking mm -hmm. about um in the bible uh was it not samson um oh what's his name he asked God, he was a king, Solomon. Solomon, yes. Solomon. He asked yeah. God for basically, he didn't want all the riches of the world. He just wanted to know how to navigate his position. Mm. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. He knew that he was a king. He knew he didn't know how to be a king. Mm. And so he had a lot on his shoulders. And so he didn't ask for the horses and the you know cattle and all the money and all that. He just asked for wisdom. Mm -hmm. And so what you're offering them is wisdom. Mm -hmm. They know they're in this predicament with you know accident and injury and all of these things. They don't know how to navigate that without you. And so you're empowering them with wisdom Okay. to continue their journey whoa see i never thought of it see that's a powerful word that's like a that's like discipline wisdom and discipline those are like cornerstone type con uh concepts mm -hmm. okay so thank you for even framing it as a wisdom approach because i didn't i didn't think of it that way but in a way it is wise especially to your point especially for people now this may hmm, this is a little bit more controversial Black people in America generally have fewer resources, okay? Correct. And in a capitalistic society like we kind of live in, resources are king. To use your point about kingdom, resources are king. And a personal injury case is actually the property of the injured victim. Mm-hmm. That's that person's business. So to your point, that person really needs to understand how to operate that business to get the most out of that business. But generally, we don't do that. Generally, people who have those cases, they give the entire case to the lawyer and just whatever the lawyer gets, gets for them in the end, they say thank you. But they learn nothing in the process and hmm. they get a little check in the end. And they say, oh, my God, the lawyer is so great. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. My Lord. You ain't learn nothing. And you got a piece, of a piece of change at the end. Okay? Right. So I don't know how wise that is to take a loss that you don't have to take. 
Like, I might need to go to the hospital for my, my injury. It might not be wise not to go to the hospital when I can. Right. So I so to use your point, I want to encourage people to be wiser or at least have at least have an option. You know what I'm saying? Like have mm-hmm. choices. And then let your let let your own wisdom direct as to where you should go. But thank you for using that word wisdom. I like that. Yeah, because what what you're doing essentially, and you and you may not see it like this, and I don't know if it's just the way my mind thinks, but you're you're creating opportunities for legacy because you're granting wisdom, which trickles down, right, from person to person. So as you're empowering, you're empowering one person who can empower another person who can empower and the cycle continues. And I'm all about teamwork makes dream work. Right. Mm -hmm. And so the resources that we did not have, we will have because you're empowering clients to empower themselves. So it's a trickle effect and it's creating legacy that we didn't have before because you said, I want to change the narrative. Yes. Yes. Amen. Amen. It's powerful you said that because I think about the, the legal world and the key cornerstone of client empowerment is education, right? Education. When you know that you can pass on that knowledge to someone else, to your point. When you don't know, you pass on ignorance and ignorance mm-hmm. doesn't go anywhere. So when you said that, it made me think about the other lawyers that I know who come from families of lawyers, like you know what I'm saying? Legacy. Yes. Like, legacy. legacy. Like it's automatic once you become a doctor, there's a family of doctors, and that's what they do. Correct. Or whatever it may be. So I didn't think of it as legacy, but when you know something, then you can pass that on and create a legacy for others to also benefit from that knowledge. So again, legacy, discipline. Wisdom. What's the next word, Latoya? I have no idea. <laughs> <God>. No idea. <laughs> Jeez. I love it. I love it. <laughs> well, my mind over here. And look, I read books. I read. I read six books in the morning, and in fifteen minutes, you just blow my mind with three four words. What's going on? Who are you? Well, well, listen, I mean, the, the whole point of this co- podcast is to highlight people who are doing things on purpose with purpose. And you may not know what that purpose is, but in a nutshell, that's what you're doing. You're creating discipline. You're creating wisdom. You're creating legacy through this organization. And so you may not feel like that's what your business is about, but that's, that's what it is. It, it's, it's bigger than you. Because you're not just creating legacy within your household, you're creating legacy outside of your four walls from generation to generation. (laughs) You just keep doing what you're doing and that's payment enough for me. Whoa, your brain, your brain's able to see things beyond the surface and 
and categorize the abstract into a very concrete idea that resonates. I appreciate that. Mm. Appreciate that. You're a smart, you're a smart human being. Yeah, I, I credit yeah. God. Uh, I, I love the way his brain works and I try to live my life as close to him as possible. And he feeds me information, you know, that I can go out and spread, be, be his hands and feet. I mean, everybody's not going to go to a church, right? But I can be his hands and feet regardless of where I go. And so he basically he just wants his people to know who they are. And if I can do that, that's, that's the least I can do. Got it. Which makes, which makes me think of another thing about my little practice here. So if I can just explain two things about my practice that goes into the legacy idea, okay? Mm -hmm. So um, I, I built this system called ProSe, and ProSe is the, the guided settlement system that I use to help people handle their own case with my guidance. I'm coaching mm -hmm. them along, they're not by themselves, but they're in front, they're leading. Right. Think of, think of uh, driver's ed. Mm -hmm. You're driving the car, right? Right. There's a professional right beside you who's guiding you and, if necessary, will take over the control of the vehicle. But for the most part, that student is driving the vehicle in real yes. time, getting real experience, real knowledge. Yes. That's what ProState does for personal injury victims. It allows them to handle every phase of their case on their own with my guidance, right? Mm -hmm. And they pay me a 10% attorney fee plus expense compared to a big one-third fee. So you pay less and learn more. Yes. You can pass that down, wisdom, legacy, discipline, all of that. Got it. <laughs> got it. I love that. But then I got my second product, which is a class. You may like this one even more because I teach a class. It's called Seven Questions to Ask Your Personal Injury Lawyer. Mm. These seven questions, Latoya, you'll never see on the internet. Mm. Because I know what questions to really ask about a case that you won't see advertised on TV or anyplace else. Okay, so people who really want to know how to get the most out of their case without hiring me, you take these questions, again, legacy, you take these questions to your other lawyer and let these questions inform and make you a well-informed legal consumer. And therefore you can get, again, the most out of your case with your other lawyer if you don't hire me. So I'm trying to cover both bases. If you hire me, I got you. If you don't hire me, Take my knowledge and apply someplace else. Absolutely. Okay. I love that. I, I, I love that so much. So much. That's, so all, I, that's, that's all I got. Go ahead. So would you say that this is something, if like, if you could devote your life to anything, this would be it? Uh, yes and no. Yeah. Because... I'm okay. So you open the door now, right? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yes and no. Yes, from a professional standpoint, without a doubt, this is my lane. Mm -hmm. Okay. But I am more than a lawyer. I like to, I like to, I'm an athlete. Like I like to do physical things. 
So if I got to sit down all day and read and write and talk, uh-uh, I ain't fulfilled. So I got to have some physical activity in my life too for you. Do not take away my tennis no. and my basketball and my bicycle, okay? Listen, self-care, right. self-care is not selfish, okay? Self-care is not selfish. When you, the things, it, I try not to use the same things over and over again, but you can't pour from an empty cup. And basketball or athletics or whatever it is, that's your lane. Like that's how you refresh. So to be able to do what you do, you have to be able to refresh because you can't pour from an empty cup. You can't give wisdom. You're depleted of wisdom. Right. And so yeah. self-care is not selfish. Okay. I get it. Okay. Thank you. So you don't have to take away those things, the working out, the all of the riding your bike. You don't have to take away those things to be able to do what you do. Okay. That's not selfish. That's who you are. That makes you who you are. Okay. All right. Well, to, to that point, who I am is I'm a client empowerment person and lawyer professionally. Um, I'm an introvert, naturally. Mm-hmm. I talk loud and act all goofy and crazy and all that kind of stuff. But really, I'm, I read, listen to jazz music, and I'm quiet mm-hmm. until, you, until the lights come on and I get right. big, but I'm, I'm, I'm low. And I love to sweat. I'm, a, I'm, I'm just, I'm running, I'm running, I'm, I'm cycling, I'm playing tennis, I'm playing basketball, I'm playing golf, I'm getting joked on because I'm goofy. All of that, that's me. <laughs> Right? Like that's what I that so that's who I am. And guess what I am also on the latter part of my life? I'm now 54,000 years old, right? You're not. I'm 54,000 years old. <laughs> do you do you, and I'm sure you do because your friends engage in this stuff, do you engage in self-care like meditation, journaling, wellness yep. activities? Yes. I do too. I used to never do that. It's it's freeing because it helped you kind of refresh. Yes. And for me, refresh and it also for me it's it's, it's stabilizing. Mhm. Okay? Because for me the world can get real fast, real quick. And for mm-hmm. me there's lots of distractions that I can find myself engaging in and consuming. And many of them are good, but they're still distractions because they're not central to me. Correct. So when I basically engage in that wellness activity that helps me stay grounded to who I am in spite of what's around me, which is good for me. So I do that as well. Let let me say this to that. What? Jesus did the same thing. Wait, stop right there. He did the same thing. He, he had all these people. He's healing the sick and he's, you know, helping the poor and he's hands and feet, you know, living with purpose on purpose, right? Mm-hmm. He knew what he came here to do, right? Mm-hmm. When he came to a point, because he knew his limits, when he came to a point where he was like, all right, I need a break, he would retreat to a mountain or somewhere serene where there was no people. And he would have his refreshing time with God. 
So I don't know where we got this in this world where we feel like we don't need that same refreshing. Like we don't need that same pause. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, now I do, yes. We need that. Okay. And he exemplified that. He took a rest just like we need to take rest. I thought Sabbath was the day of rest. Sabbath is the day of rest, but who actually rests on Sabbath? Let's be real. <laughs> who actually rests? Who actually rests on the Sabbath? You don't find a lot of people resting on the Sabbath. That's because we're not resting has to be intentional. Intentional. I was gonna say that. That's because we're not intentional. It has to be intentional. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And and so we have to make time for that. Like you say, okay. you wake up at 4 a.m. and you make sure you read. That's rest. Okay. You know, going out and playing basketball or golf or whatever it is. That's you. You're not thinking about the things that you think about in those moments. You're just unwinding and allowing yourself to have a moment. Right. Meditating, right. all of that stuff. That's rest. And it's, it's needed for us to be able to do what we do. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, I didn't, you know, I didn't discover meditation when I was 50 years old and earlier. Hmm. Although, although I did engage in visualization as an athlete, we used to visualize our performances and then allow that to help us perform. But in terms of meditating and resting and, and that, nah, I didn't do that until now. So I'm, I'm grateful that I had a chance to be exposed to that. It helps me. It helps me in so many different ways, as you know. Yeah. Yeah. Freeze you. Yep. That you can pour out. Yep. You know that wisdom, that legacy, and that all of that stuff. So, so I got two words to add to your wisdom, legacy, and discipline vocabulary. Okay. These are all. <laughs> these are all. These are all core vocabulary words for empowerment, by the way. Okay. All right. So my two words. My two words are clarity mm. all right that's my word I, I mm -hmm. nobody else can say that word ever <laughs> <laughs> okay. all right and then to your point my favorite bible verse comes from proverbs which they say may be written by solomon right mm -hmm. book my, of wisdom i get it i know you do my favorite <laughs> bible verse out of all love is proverbs 4 7 mm. What's it say? You don't know. I, I don't know. You How do about know. you enlighten us? You, when I say it, you're going to get it. So it says, with, with all thy getting, get understanding. Okay? Absolutely. So in my practice, I want, not, it's, not, it's not me wanting them, but my practice is built around, built around helping injured people not only get settlement recovery or compensation, but get understanding of the process behind that com compensation. Because when you understand something, like you can have money or you can have this or have that, but if you don't really understand what it is, you really can't maximize it. Absolutely. I love that you said that. And the way that you set up your practice. Okay. You know, you were giving the example earlier, you know, you can get a lawyer and the lawyer can give you all of this knowledge. But until you understand what you, so you're living a biblical principle within your practice and you, 
that's good stuff. Until you get understanding, none of it matters. You can pay somebody to help you and to, who has understanding to make it matter, but if you but have it won't matter yourself, to you. you won't. So this is this is how I think about it. In social yeah. services, like we can come up with all these plans for these people, right? But if they don't have buy-in, there's no point. And so when you're thinking about this lawyer and, and for accident, you know, or whatever, they have all the knowledge, but no understanding. They they're going to get the settlement, but are they really getting what's perfect? What's for them, right? They're mm -hmm. not getting everything that's for them because they don't have the understanding that it's there. Right, I get it, and that I I concur with. I concur with. Um, in the legal world, there's an old principle that says that ignorance of the law is no excuse. Mm -hmm. Like that's been around since 1700s, mm -hmm. which, which feeds into the idea of understanding. Like we're yeah. supposed to know the law for ourselves. Yeah. Lawyers are skilled in helping people use the law in the legal system, but ultimately it's our responsibility to know for ourselves. Yeah. Like for you or for us who go to church, we're supposed to know the word for ourselves. Like preachers can preach it and dispense it and say it means this and say it says that. But really, we're supposed to study for ourselves mm -hmm. and then let our own intellect and understanding inform and be informed by other people's information and get our own clarity about what that means. That's what I'm thinking. Absolutely. That's, not, that's correct or no? That is very correct. Because here's the deal. People are human. Yes. And, and our basis can't be on human because we're going to fail. Right? And so if we don't know the word for ourselves, and let's say your pastor fails, or somebody who you thought you know, knew the word or like lived out the word, somebody you looked up to and they fail. And then now you're feeling misguided because you relied on that person versus relying on what you know, studying to show yourself approved and relying on what you know. Yeah, so that you can continue to do what you do. You know, and so many people get caught up in, well, this person said they're Christian. Everybody say they're Christian. But I mean, look at the fruit, right? Is there fruit rotten or is it is it juicy and refreshing? If it's if it's not juicy and refreshing, then you follow in the wrong fruit. But you gotta know the fruit for you. You know you gotta know how to pick your own fruit. You gotta know what that fruit tastes like for yourself. Yeah, mm -hmm. I get it. So thank you for saying that. You know, my mom is like 75 years old and she's learning more and more about life now as she ages. And um, <laughs> the other day, we were talking about some situation that happened with human beings, because that's all we see we are. And I said, well, you know, what we're doing now, apparently, is nothing new. Like, it may be packaged differently, but people have been people since the beginning of time. Right. And even the Bible speaks about certain things that people have done back then we're doing it today like ain't nothing new so 
when you study, you see that and you recognize yeah. that and you understand that, okay, I'm not going to trip on this stuff because really that's right there in, it's in that book. Right. It's right. been talked about. If you just read it, you recognize it's history. Right. So anyway. Preacher. <laughs> Look, you're going to have a church one. No, you're going to have a church one. <laughs> a meeting in a church? Is that also on the agenda? No. You because sure? the church is not a building. I can be a, I can be a, a minister, so to speak, without owning a church. That reminds me of your of your business. And you talk about oh, how you do, want to, you, you do not want to have a building. You want to have a service that, so I get the same concept, right? Yep. I'm the hands and feet. Got it. He can use me wherever. I don't need. I don't need a building. I don't need a pulpit. Use me wherever. All right. Okay. Yep. <laughs> so, you what's are, your definition of living with purpose? Okay, so I guess that's a good question. Living with purpose for me is. Being clear about, one, who I am, and then having the courage and the discipline to actually be me as often as possible. I love that. I don't know where that came from, but... <laughs> that question made me think about it like that and this is a little bit of you didn't ask this question but here's how I got to that answer so I told you earlier that I'm kind of an introvert right mm -hmm. okay so that's true I'm, I'm an introvert um, for years though I was also a bit passive mm -hmm. a bit passive aggressive in certain relationships right which is basically not being true to oneself. Because when you're passive, you're holding things in, you're not asserting the truth. And then at the end, you blow up and you're just all out of control, out of proportion, right? right. So I'm learning as I age to be okay with being who I am, mm. which means for me, I am either gonna be told no, or I say no, mm -hmm. okay? And I used to not be comfortable with no's, okay? Uh, but as I get older, <laughs> it's funny. Old folks, they don't care, right? Old folks yeah. don't care. And so they, they don't, don't have that problem. Right. It's young folks who be tripping, who be playing, who got games, have that problem. Yeah. So I, so I know people who are younger than me who don't have that problem and they live mm -hmm. and they live their life purposely, intentionally, consistently, truthfully, and all of that good stuff, which is very beautiful. Yeah. I, I'm just now learning how to do that. Yeah. And it is beautiful, but it, it, it comes with a cost because you knows become very important. They are, because what it does is setting boundaries, Ooh, right? Sorry, You're setting sorry. boundaries. Wait. I was leading a retreat this past weekend. Yes, absolutely. 
You're setting boundaries. I was reading, I was leading a retreat this past weekend. And um, one of the things that I, I said, and, and this is what I had to learn as well, is when you understand who you are, no is a complete sentence. No, period. When you understand who you are, what you're capable of, and what you're set out to do, what your purpose is, no is a complete sentence. There's no people pleasing. There's no toxic people around me. My values, my family values, everything holds true because those boundaries are set because of who I am and what I'm called to be, who I'm called to be. I can set that boundary because I'm self-aware and no means no, mm. no period. I don't have to explain nothing to nobody else. That doesn't mean I'm arrogant about it or anything like that. Uh, but no is a complete sentence. You might get called names. Like well, arrogant. I mean, I'm not responsible for their feelings. I'm, I can only control what I can control. I can't control them. I can control me and my response to different things. They're going to feel how they feel and it's okay. They don't have to agree with it, but it is what it is because my family legacy is on the line. Okay. My reputation is on the line. My Whatever I'm called and purpose to is on the line. And I have to be able to set those boundaries so that I can bring my whole self to everything that I do. Amen. That's, that's huge. Yeah. So that, that's emotional maturity. That's intellectual maturity. That's spiritual maturity. So that's another word, maturity. I added that word to the whole conversation. <laughs> Clarity, understanding, and maturity. How's that? We're even. Love We're it. Even. Love it. Yeah. So, so, so being true to oneself is important, and I think that kind of goes to the answer to your question. Okay. I'm Absolutely. And and you know, black people need to do that too. Like we need to know who we are. And then execute that and be okay with that. And I don't know if that's a part of your mission at all in, in terms of your podcasting, but um, I think it's very important that we not be pushed aside or be swayed by things that don't really fit our agenda or our personal missions because we're going to fit in. That's that's a that's a tricky one. It's a tricky mm -hmm. one, but I think it's a necessary one. But anyway, absolutely. So, Curtis, where can we find you if anybody wants to sign up for your classes or or yeah. book you for um, any type of uh, injury lawyer needs? Where can yeah. we find? You? Great question. So you can find me. The Pro Se Guided Settlement System is at curtishollinger.net. That's the homepage, and you'll see Pro Se there, and you can sign up for it if you have a red connection. The seven questions to ask your personal injury lawyer is on the second page. So it's my education page, and it's curtishollinger.net backslash edu, like a college or something. I call it, I call it legal knowledge without college. How's that? <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I love it. So that's where you can find me, net primarily, and then backslash edu for the questions. We can call awesome. me. We can call me three three seven five zero one zero one five one. Either way, 
Okay, so I know this is it's a little over your time, but I do want to talk about this picture that we discussed. Yes. I want to give time, just a little bit of time for that, just to kind of discuss it a little bit and tell us about it because they're not able to see. Okay. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna put a picture of it. You I'm gonna try to put a picture of it on the link itself okay. in the description Fair so enough. that they can see that. But I, okay. want, I want you to talk about that picture a little bit. Okay, thank you, thank you, thank you. As you can see, I'm rubbing my hands now because the mad scientist, has been on <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, on my personal Facebook page, there is a, uh, my profile picture, which you don't see right now, is a picture of an old African guy. I named him Elder Talib, okay? He's bald head, he's got real strong features, and he's staring, he's not smiling, and a little scraggly goatee. But guess what the word Talib means? What does it mean? Student. Student? Yes. I love that. With learning, right? That's, that's why I identify with learning. So that's my Facebook profile picture. It's kind of weird, it's kind of scary. It's not criminal, a criminal vibe, but it does scare people, right? <laughs> So I met Rev Coffee Shop, I don't know, a month and a half ago, just in my own weird world, doing my own thing, doing my, my law practice in coffee shop, because I'm over right now. And this guy, who you may know, let me get his name, Garrick. You know Garrick, the artist? No. Okay, well, Garrick saw me and um, just started asking me if he could just sketch me. Okay, mm -hmm. like sketch me for what? Anyway, so he sketched, so he's working on a sketch right now. And Gabriel Myrick, that's his name, Gabriel Myrick. Mm -hmm. And so he, he showed me the third iteration of the sketch. This is not the full sketch. This is just an iteration of it. And I'm like, oh my God, it's horrifying. <laughs> but then I looked at it, I'm going, wait a minute. This is kind of very, uh, it's unique mm -hmm. and it's kind of abstract and it's, um, it's organic and I see myself in it. It's multi-dimensional. Multi mm -hmm. it, so I'm like, you know what? I actually dig this. It's not traditional and I'm, I'm a non-traditional kind of guy, mm -hmm. right? So. That's why I like the picture because it's non-traditional, it's a little abstract, it's got the word positive in here, it's, and it's got other words in here that's got perspective. I'm going, this cat captured me in, a, in some neat ways. So I wanted to just uh, put it as my profile picture on your website, I mean, on the podcast, if you reject it because you said it like <laughs> I didn't want to scare anybody, but I will give people a chance to see the picture. <laughs> I get it. I understand. So, but because I am multidimensional, okay, and I like to, and I'm kind of quiet, I'm not a big smiler or a laugher or a giggler, then this picture here captured my seriousness in a way that 
I like to look at myself. That's all. So what you've tapped into through this picture is self-awareness. Yes, yes. I didn't. I didn't know that word existed like that. But yes, self self awareness. Yes. You get a, a deeper understanding into who you are. Yes, and to your point, and I'm comfortable being who I am. Like I was okay with you putting this picture on. I'll, I mean, I went to bat to basically say to basically say, look, if you can't use it. Forget the forget the podcast, right? <laughs> I mean, you saved it. You you, you salvaged because you're, you're a genius to make it work. But I was okay saying no if I couldn't have this a part of the presentation. So thank you for having an, an open enough mind to be fluid enough, fluid enough to make it make it all work. Appreciate yeah. you. That's your so gift me in putting this on the podcast for those of you who are listening and when you click on the link in the description you'll be able to see it but i want you to think about yourself in this picture you're not curtis hollander but how do you see yourself how can you become self-aware so that you can fulfill the purpose that you have this day well that's all we've got for you today Thank you all for listening, Curtis. Thank you for joining us and letting us dig into your story and your background and everything that you do. I'm very excited to see what you do and how you empower your clients to build legacy for not just their families, but their families, families, and families all across Acadiana. Thank you. Blessings, I'm humbled and proud of you for what you're doing. Can't wait to see you. I'm going to go get your book. Okay, I haven't done that yet. I'm going to get your book. And I'm looking forward to this author's, whatever you, you're building for authors. That's going to be super cool. <laughs> like super cool. Very important. Love it. All right. Thank you. Have a great day. Be empowered. This has been the Purposely Driven Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this podcast interview and I look forward to you joining me in the future. If you enjoyed the show, please give it a subscribe and leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. New shows are posted twice a month for your listening pleasure. See you next time.